0: Q me A. Pardon? Q me A. Q <coughs> me a. Sorry, my I'm on one bar point. now, but my battery is. So we're gonna power through this. We're <laughs> gonna make this quick fire. Shoot.
1: Okay, just a question to follow up from the last week's episode. Um, I've read this before because I was about to read the chap's name and then towards the bottom of it it says If you want to use the question on the show, great, but please don't use my name at this stage, okay? Look, I read it first and we did this Bush this episode live. So this one is about buying a business, Harry. You haven't read it yet. I've read it. I'm talking to you about it. So let me just Buy low, through. sell
0: high. Done. Done.
1: Close the episode. <laughs> if you're about to buy a business that would bolt onto yours... How and what would you be looking for in the books, as in in the accounts, or a general feel prior to moving forward? This particular hypothetical business has been established several years and turns a small profit, including a small wage for the owner. What would be your approach to get traction? Knowing what you know now compared to the start, the reason is growth would be required straight away. That last bit of the sentence didn't really make sense. What do you consider USB to be as an individual and a business? What would you do if you bought a business and why? So what this feels like is there's a business for
0: sale. Not his business. Not his business. That is, but it but would benefit his business?
1: That's the thing that seems has he got a
0: business at the moment that he's looking to buy this business and merge the two and get reap the benefits of the new business? Or is he looking to buy a business as opposed to starting one?
1: It would bolt onto yours. So he's got an existing he's got business an existing. and it would bolt on. So let's tackle this step at a time. Let's break it down. Uh, it turns a small profit including a small wage for the owner. What would be the things that you're looking for in terms of the books or general feel? So let's just put a, let's put a situation forward. Uh, there's a company in our space. Uh, let's call
0: it <laughs> <laughs> let's call it XYZ <laughs> instead of instead of, I okay. instead of I, the
1: actual i I would have just thrown a name out there uh, let's call it a company in that space that is not is not dominant in the market it is a small business with one staff and probably kicks off a small wage for the owner mm-hmm. okay and he's got a nice lifestyle business it's interesting because we can actually
0: compare it's a very it, comparable scenario. It really is. And we literally spoke about this yesterday. It Literally in the van. Because um, I wanted to make an offer to someone else. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, to see what we can do. So the thing that we looked for when we were going down that route is, I'm just going to say it as it is, we're, we have a much bigger team and we have uh, capital and resources behind us that are going to allow us to operate quicker. The reason that we were interested in having a conversation with this person that would Uh, would technically allow us to bring a lot of expertise into the team Mm -hmm. um, and customers. So we would just get a head start in terms of bringing X number of hundreds of customers straight into our service because we were running very, very similar services. The difference is, this is like a bolt-on compared to what is basically known as an aqua hire. So we basically buy that business to hire the talent and bring the tech across.
0: Yeah, our our scenario was essentially a guy, was a... A guy with, or a thing that brought a preset level of skills and and customer base. Exactly. To two things that are very beneficial. This feels different. Just sounds like a nice, uh, like it. an add-on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If we were to do a new service for Expert Trades, what would we look for? So, just to close that previous one off, is what we looked for wasn't revenue, wasn't profit. We were more interested in the fact that we're building something that he's. At that point in time was, I don't know, 12 months in terms of development ahead of us. He'd been running it for years, but with this pe- pace that we were operating, he was only about 12 months ahead. So we thought, let's just jump up the queue 12 months and let's uh, buy the business. And
0: yeah, it was, yeah, it was more, it was more um, just to make what we had or going to have better, quicker. Better,
1: exactly that. Um, that deal didn't go through, but we were basically looking to, get a, to, to move quicker in the market. So let's throw a situation out now, Harry, in terms of there is a new service, and let's say um, there is a receipt app, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, that allows you to scan receipts and bring it into expert trades, and then all of a sudden you've got quotes, invoices, and all your receipts in one place. Sounds like a beautiful thing. There's things we can integrate with to do that, but there's a small business, single founder, got a receipt
0: app, and
1: he wants to sell. What would you look for? It's naturally a nice fit.
0: For the, for the service? I, I honestly wouldn't even know where to start. But I mean, <sighs> fit in what way? Like, um, what am I looking for? Am I looking to see if, like, are we assuming that it would be perfect to merge with? Um, yeah, like the business? tech
1: would just work. I think from, from my side of the table is, if you own, the, if you, let's say you own the receipt business, mm-hmm. do you want to stay on? if you want to stay on and run that part of the department as we'd call it, uh, do I like you? Like, could I work with you? Because one thing is buying technology yeah. and buying customers and buying traction. But the other one is hiring someone. So like, if that person wants to stay on and be involved or have a say and retain equity or whatever it is, if that person still has a voice at all in your company, that's one thing that I'd look for. Like, if they are someone that I would actually like to work with. Otherwise, you, you shouldn't do it because
0: it's, yeah, I mean, the last oh, thing, yeah, the the last thing you want to do is, is buy a company that then brings this person that has a very large say in the company. They still have a large say in their company, though, technically, even though you've bought that company, right?
1: Yeah, it depends on how they, you structure the deal. And I think that's the thing that you'd look for, is, like, when, you, when, you're, when you're purchasing a company, if you just want the tech, you need to get rid of the guy that runs it. You need to pay him enough. Like, if, you're, if he's selling the actual company off... But
0: is, is there a scenario where you can buy the company to get the tech, but keep it as its self-sustaining thing and just integrate? Yeah. Or are they two different kinds? No, no,
1: you could do. Um, I'm trying to think of that. And is types. that
0: beneficial? Because ideally, ideally, do you need, Let's say back do you need to, you to merge? Do you Let's just say to back to
1: expert trades, and we wanted to run as an independent business. That's what that would look like. Because mm. we want to stay as expert trades, but yeah. they want to have a joint venture. So we'd
0: have all f- f- creative freedom and things like that still.
1: Yeah, but what back to you would need to consider is, do we really want Adam Callow running the business? or do we just want this tech? Because if they're hiring for the tech, they want to get rid of me because they just want the tech. And that's the thing that I'd be thinking about in terms of any joint venture, which is like a 50-50 deal, mm. anyone buying an equity or if you're buying a business, like what does a relationship look like with the previous owner of the business is one of the things that I look for. Um, in terms of the books, from, from an accounting perspective, um, I'll be honest, I've got a really good accountant that I trust. I wouldn't guess, I'd go and say, does this stack up and make sense to my accountant? Because uh, part of due diligence when you're buying a business has to be you're running it through a professional accountant um, just because it's so easy for people to fiddle the books for a couple of years before it catches up on them.
0: Mm. That's, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, is, is the goal just to make sure that it is profitable, basically? Because you don't want to buy something that's you're hemorrhaging or hindering financially.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so hopefully, like in terms of the fit, the books, get your accountant, look at it. What would I look for before moving forward is, uh, do you feel like you have a deal with a guy? What does the guy want out of it? And in terms of a negotiation perspective when you're buying a business, just be really, really clear of what the previous owner wants. Hmm. Because otherwise you're just going to get lost in this sort of, the, the deal stage and no one's going to end up being really happy. He thought he'd have equity in the business. He thought he'd remain ownership of, uh, that department within your but whatever it looks like it could get very confusing just be really upfront and clear around what do you want also i not, not
0: sure I well can't remember what you said uh, did you say that the person was selling their business or was it just a business that you'd seen that would be a good fit
1: Paranthelicical business established several years in terms of small profit including a small wage for the owner it doesn't say how doesn't it came about. It'd be interesting to see if, like, the actual founder put the business up for sale.
0: Because I mean, I suppose that's one thing to talk about: is how would you, if someone wasn't selling the business, but you wanted it, how would you go around that? How would you go about that scenario of like <laughs> basically walking up to someone saying, "I want to buy your business"? That's exactly what I do with the like, cause business. Because isn't that problem. a bit of a slap in the face? I
1: think I think it's if, more of a compliment. If, well, to
0: be not as, obviously. If someone wants to buy a business, it is, uh, it is a compliment, but. If they're telling you, I want your business, but I don't want you, that's a harder, uh, it's, it's that's the harder Harder,
1: but I think, I think there's ways to uh, to dress that up. It's, at a zero. It's <laughs> it's Harry, you've got a really great business there at Expert Trades. From a technology perspective, is I think it's a great fit for what I'm doing over here at XY and Z. But in terms of the team, we've already got the team that we need. So I wanted to see if you're ever interested to basically sell us the technology that you run so we could bring it into our company. And you could sell off onto the sunset on a, pony. That
0: would probably cost more though. It
1: obviously. would definitely cost more in my opinion. Uh, and I agree with that Harry. So how about you put that number on a bit of paper. It's like There's cartoon. not
0: enough paper to cover the zeros. <laughs> the pen would run out of ink before <laughs> I get to the end.
1: Um, next follow up question to this. Uh, there was a bit that says what do you consider your USP to be as an individual and a business? Um, so from my side is I like to consider myself a very good salesman and an operator. Which in terms of a business, I think it's. I think I could step into a business and help it, mm. regardless of the business. So, um, not sure where that question came from or how I can add value with the answer. But I think as a founder, you've got to play to your strengths. And I used to spend too much time in Photoshop, and I used to spend too much time doing this, and too much time doing that. And now what I'm trying to do is just play to my strengths and bring people into the team to know help with that stuff. It. Um, so, it's role. just just know, know your role. Uh, me, operator, and a salesman. That's That's me. Um, and then the last bit of this is what would you not do if you bought a business and why just to touch on one of the things that I would do (laughs) is part of due diligence when you're buying a business I think too many people do what he's looked at in terms of let's look at the business let's speak to the founder let's look at the books let's look at the financials I think he needs to go and speak to his customers I think if, you're, if I'm selling my business, mm-hmm. especially in the business that we're in, I would fully appreciate someone that comes up to me and goes, I want to speak to 200 of your customers and see what they actually think about you. Because all your presentations, Adam, look great, but you're a salesman. Okay? I want to speak to the real people in the business. So I want to speak to 200 of your customers before we move the deal forward. So I 100% think that one thing that you should do is don't just trust everything that's been put in front of you in a deck and go and speak to the real people using the service and see what they think, hear what their gripes yeah. are. You're going to hear pain points because everyone likes to say, it's really good, but I wish it did this, or it's really good, but the owner's a dick, whatever it is. Like, but go and definitely speak to the customers and then I think you get more insight than that than you will from any, any accounts or presentations and bits like that.
0: Yeah, you, do raise, you raise a very good point. Uh, they could, they, if they are selling, there could be a reason why
1: yeah and it's your job as a buyer to find the reason Yeah, and I think you can do that in two ways you can go in there with a baseball bat and try and get it out of him in a, in a business way not an actual baseball bat but you can go in fairly like I'm going to drill in I'm going to drill in and really find out what the issue is before we have a deal or you can go in take the guy for dinner have a bottle of wine with him and you can try and understand more about him is it a, fa- mm. is it a family situation that's changed does he need the money for his kid's college whatever it is but I think you need to dig in to work out no one sells a business randomly has he just lost, like, love for the business? Is it something that he used to be passionate about and he realises that he hates his customers? He's choosing a group that he doesn't like. Whatever it is, but it's a really, really good point. Um, it's like, why? Why is he selling? Um, and you can you can tackle it both ways, carrot or the stick. Um, what would you not do if you bought a business and why? Where are the risks, Harry?
0: <sighs> You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> That's why I don't... Run my own business. <laughs>
1: it's normally you're the one that's reading the questions, isn't it? And I'm kind of a yeah. throwing <laughs> guys, I
0: mean, guys, I don't know if you know, but I'm not the business owner. <laughs> I know I put on that facade, but...
1: <laughs> Harry's literally the brain pants operation. I'm just the showman. Uh, every time we've done a podcast so far, he's written down the answers and I've just read it
0: off. <laughs> reading off a prompt.
1: And he gives me a thumbs up if I got it right.
0: Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> let me try and answer this. What was the question you had? <laughs> so you buy a business? I bought, I bought this business, You yeah. buy expert trades? Boom. Okay, you bought expert trades. Millionaires, sell hard, sell fast. <laughs> buy, <laughs> buy low, sell high.
1: Harry, sell me this pen.
0: <laughs> Adam, there's no pen. <laughs> uh, so
1: what would you not do if you bought expert trades? Like, where do you think you could really make a mistake? What's the...
0: What's the thing? As in from a personal you come in and skills see, you know. and competency. As it, I wouldn't do anything that I'm not capable of doing, so I'll get <laughs> other people to do all the important stuff. Like like we've talked about many a time, you get an accountant to look at the books. You, yep. get, you get people to do the jobs that they're, they're paid to do and that they're qualified to do. If you're going to do it yourself, you're, you're going to pay the price.
1: And Let's say you come from a a background working in large machinery, okay? And you used to run a plant making machinery and you've come in to now run a tech company because you thought it's a profitable business, I'm gonna buy that and make some money. I think one of the biggest risks are taking what you think you know over there and applying it to something completely different before you really understand the landscape of the business. Like trying to come in and change too much too fast, because like I would do that, I would make so many mistakes if I bought a business. I go, The old f- owner did this, this and this wrong and I would change so much yeah. and I think I think assuming
0: risk. you know what's right is the wrong is the wrong thought to have. Yeah. If, especially if it's an, if it's something that you don't know, if it's not if it's not an industry that you know or it's not the same thing that you've just previously done and you can't copy and paste the same technique, yep. then you should be you should be willing to learn, adapt and change.
1: And I think there's a degree of patience when you when you come into the business to learn it, which which I'd find really tough and I think it comes back to speaking to the customers as well if it 's a business with a community or paying customers, I think you make sure you introduce yourself and you explain the vision and then you go and speak to the customers before making any drastic changes and there 's probably different tiers of customers if you look at normal businesses you've got like people that pay like the five pounds a month all the way through to enterprise and i think it's understanding what each of those people join and, and sign up for and making sure that you understand those guys really well before you start rocking the ship i think there's just a risk of coming in like you said of just trying to copy and paste what you know from that world
0: into this yeah
1: cool man that's everything
0: startup show What's the, what's the handle? Jesus, Zach. Jesus. <laughs> Just Start shout at the audience. Our startup.
1: It's startup podcast, man. It's startup podcast on Instagram. I know because I've been... I've literally been pulling in another probably 100 subscribers in the last week through the work we do on
0: Instagram. It's startup Podcast. I don't have time to be on social media. No, because you're
1: gonna get off it. I'm so I'm
0: so busy hustling, grinding while asleep. To be honest, yesterday was a long day. <laughs> it was a long day, uh, and I
1: genuinely I would have stayed here for another two or three hours. I was kind of waiting for you to say something. I had so much
0: work to do. I had shit to do as well, which I couldn't do because we were at work late.
1: Like home stuff? Yeah. What, like put a mirror up with Velcro?
0: <laughs> no, but I, 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 I spoke about that again last night with my dad. Um, and your dad went, Velcro? And he, he said, he said could, we we were talking about like the the tapping screws and, the, and the things like that, and he goes, you could always just stick it to the wall. I'm like, Dad, if you say Velcro to me... <laughs> you won't believe how effective the Velcro is that. But I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to... Um, I'm either going to gorilla tape the crap out of that wall and just like, <laughs> um, or a bit of both. What? Okay, what? just so you know. <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> just so you know, like when you go to I- Ikea, you get the mirrors and you get little like little tiny shitty pads, okay? The Velcro... What, what do you mean? The, the,
0: you get like, the little pads. The, the mirror came wall. with... The, I don't know if I showed you the things, but the mirrors come with the fixings to hold the mirror, but no screws for the wall. I don't think you need screws.
1: I think you just need to go to Wix's on the way home or masses and get some Velcro.
0: I'm not putting Velcro on the wall. Why? I'll put tape on the wall like sticky stuff. But how is that better? Because Is it for when you're telling people? Because if there, no because,
1: one asks how because, put it, mirror because up, there's
0: right? more things to go wrong with Velcro. How? It's gotta stick to the wall and it's gotta stick to the mirror. And those two things have then gotta stick together. But if you've got a single piece of stick, double-sided stickiness, it's just stick and stick. There's less areas. I, see, I
1: genuinely see where your logic Vel- is. Velcro can fail. But if you look so at... So can tape. If you look at Velcro... I
0: don't, I don't trust either of them, if I'm, if I'm honest. I don't trust the double-sided tape. But it's much safer tape. than you
1: trying to put something into the wall of your house. We've established this. You literally offered a tradesperson a bed at your house if he hung a mirror... And
0: Still he did, didn't put it on.
1: It disappeared the next day. And <laughs> didn't put it up
0: swiftly. That was five minutes of. Uh... Anyway, if you got this far, <laughs> remember it's our startup show. It's startup <laughs>
1: podcast. <laughs> startup
0: podcast Instagram. I wonder if anyone found the episode where we started saying that wrong. Most likely, it was me that said it wrong. It was most likely you. The key is to say things with enough conviction that people believe you.
1: But this doesn't help us if they believe us. This isn't a sales
0: pitch, okay?
1: This is genuinely. I'm not a sales kind of guy, you, Adam. I'm, I, I, shoot you, from, you, I shoot
0: from the hip and speak from the heart.
1: <laughs> and he was sending people to, the, to some guy <laughs> who's got this amazing podcast now because everyone's like, where's the episode? He's like, oh, everyone's asking me for a podcast and all of a sudden he's crushing it. <laughs> Let's leave it there. Startup podcast.